Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. Happy Sunday to everybody. As you wrap up our week, or your week, we start our week with another slate of Pewter Report podcasts as we are out at training camp today, and the stars were shining bright with the Bucks best players particularly at wide receiver with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin putting on a show in front of tons and tons of Bucks fans we'll talk about their performance and a lot more during today's episode my name is Matt Matera I'm your co-host and co-hosting with me is the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com it is SR Scott Reynolds Scott it's nice to finally be warm after uh, being absolutely drenched at a uh, training camp earlier this morning uh, by our own doing and um yeah a lot a lot of news that came out of uh the return to practice after a day off on saturday yeah it was it was a hot one today <laughs> i've been doing this a long time matt um it probably wasn't the top 10 day in terms of heat and just brutal sun and roasting conditions but it was probably top 15 so it was it was definitely a scorcher so um you know, we did have our first injury of training camp, unfortunately. unfortunately yeah. Elijah Kansi went down. We reported that just minutes after it happened. The Bucks' first round draft pick defensive tackle, Elijah Kansi, and who I was supposed to talk to today for a Bucks yeah. training camp diary, uh, went down with a with a, a right calf injury. Looks like a strain. That's what the, the initial uh, diagnosis is. They're going to do MRIs to see if it's just pulled or if it's torn. And we've been down this road before with Vita Vea, where he missed several weeks. And my guess is that we'll probably not see Kalaja Kansi until the first week of the season. I think this is going to be probably a month-long thing. It, if it's not, if it's uh, something where he can return to action sooner, you might see him in that final preseason game. But I think it's probably a safe bet that he is going to be out of action and miss the first two preseason games at least. So that's kind of what I'm hearing right now. And they'll have something more definitive later for us once he has the MRI. So uh, it, uh, it certainly is not something that you want to start the day off with, but, but man, it, it was quite a day for, for the Buccaneers uh, offensively and defensively. This was like one of those practices, Matt, that just seemed like it was back and forth, back and forth. A lot of pass breakups by the defensive backs. A lot of touchdown passes by the offense. So it was some really good give and take. The Bucks were in shells today. That means shoulder pads along with shorts. Some players kind of work like cut off uh, football pants. Yeah. Not exactly jorts because they're not wearing jeans, but <laughs> but not like running around shorts too. So I think we'll see the full pads tomorrow, but a very good action-packed training camp practice today. And probably – Actually, I'm, I'm not going to say probably. I would say the best training camp performance we've seen to date from Kyle Trask, dating back to last year and his rookie season, had a chance. Uh, you and I, we talked with some Bucks insiders today after practice, and they agree. They thought this was Kyle Trask's best practice. He was very assertive. Yeah. He was just very decisive, quick, rhythmic. It was a really, really good day. No turnovers from Kyle Trask. One interception, we'll talk about that later. But, man, Kyle Trask was slinging it today to Chris Godwin and Mike Evans 
And those two guys put on a show, as you said, and not just for Kyle Trask, but for Baker Mayfield and John Wolford, too. Yeah, John Wolford had a heck of a day. He was probably the second best quarterback out there. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in a little bit. But I'm glad you said the word slinging it, that Kyle Trask was slinging it around there because he was a gunslinger today. Yeah. I, I think the Bucks have been looking for a gunslinger really since Tom Brady retired. And I wouldn't even say that Tom Brady is a gunslinger, but Tom yeah. Brady is a leader and someone that commands respect. And obviously he's carved out his Hall of Fame career. But the Bucs needed someone to be a little more assertive. And Baker right. Mayfield, of course, has that chip on his shoulder mentality, and he's going to be loud and abrasive in a good way and, and all that fanfare. But we saw a little bit of it from Kyle Trask today, maybe not yeah. vocally necessarily, but he's just super, super decisive. We've talked about it yeah. a lot with him running, with the scrambling. He commits to it and goes to it right away. But while Baker struggled today with some pass breakups and uh, a tipped ball at the line of scrimmage by yeah. the Hulk with the beard, Pat O'Connor. Yeah. Trask used his 6'5 height to his yeah. advantage and was making a lot of great throws. Um, Baker had the highlight play, but that was more the receiver that made the play than necessarily yeah. uh, Baker on the throw. But Kyle Trask, a lot to point to to say this guy is in the running for the quarterback competition. I know a lot of us are anointing Baker. Right. If I had to choose, I'd probably go with Baker yeah. as well. But Kyle Trask is not making this easy. Both quarterbacks are playing at a fairly high level. Granted, yeah. some struggles here and there. But if you're, uh, you know, if you're doing Trask time, if that's who you're rooting for, yeah, you got to be happy with what Kyle Trask brought specifically today and moving forward. Exactly, Matt. Well said. And, and let's go back to the Dave Canales podcast when we had Dave on this summer. What he was talking about when when I said, "Is this going to come down to which guy doesn't make?" The mistakes yeah. that you know the, the the throws the most interceptions. Uh, the other guy is going to be your starter, and he said yes. But let's look at it another way. What if both of these guys play really yeah. really well, and we're kind of starting to see that now. You know, I mean, I mean, uh, um, to be fair, Kyle Trask was with the ones, but he looked yeah. like he was with the ones today. He looked like he's starting quarterback today, and it's not like he hasn't. In, in instances, he'd have a good period here or he had some good throws there. But today just seemed like was was his best practice start to finish. And the arrow's pointing up, and, and we'll see if he can sustain it. But Baker Mayfield was with the number twos, so you have to kind of factor that in a little bit. But uh, I, was, I was excited to see Trask just – he just had this little aura about him that we haven't yeah. really seen before. And we'll see if this continues. And I wonder, like, if – if he's kind of looking at Baker and saying, I got to ratchet my game up, or is this that, you know, Lewis saying something to him or Dave Canales or Todd Bowles or Jason light. I just wonder if somebody said something like, Hey man, like, like amp this up. It's like, you know, we've seen him a couple times now be really decisive as a runner. Use that mobility. You wrote a great story on, on how mobile Kyle Trask has been with yeah. losing the weight, rolling out, and, you know, making some plays with his feet. We've sawn out for two practices, I think, back-to-back -back Friday. And then today, Kyle Trask, uh, down in the red zone, when he sees an open lane, he's yeah. just taken off running straight towards the end zone and all of that. He just about spiked the ball today, Matt. Uh, he very, almost very did it. <laughs> We've talked about it on the sidelines, the Peter Report team or Peter Report gang, as we call ourselves. Yeah. We're like, just spike it, Trask. Just like, 
you know, win over some more fans, just show a little bit more emotion. Exactly. You know? That's that's how you said it best, because he did run the other day and like most likely he would have been tackled at the two or three yard line yeah. and no one's gonna hit the, the quarterback. Right, right. And we agreed on that sentiment. And then you said, Well, even if he goes in and he spikes it in the game, it may may not have been a touchdown, but yeah. right here in training camp, you're gonna gain like five thousand more fans just right. because you did also something <laughs> exactly. awesome by spiking the football and he came much, much closer today. So maybe that's yeah. just like the, the evolution of Kyle Trask as a quarterback in the right. NFL from year one, now going to year three for him spiking the football. It's going to take him a little bit more yeah. as well. I bet by next week, he's going to run into the end zone and dunk over the goalpost. He might because he, he can't do it in a game. Yeah. That's a penalty, but he right. can do it in practice. Yeah, he's six, five. So yeah, I, I think he probably has the up to do that, but just, just like how fans would love to see, Todd Bowles kind of blow us top or just show some emotion or get animated. Yeah. I think they're kind of maybe wanting the same thing from, from Kyle Trask. And that's yeah. not a bad thing when you're a quarterback. I'm not saying you've got to put on a show or be more demonstrative or, or be somebody that you're not, but th- that leadership part, I mean, like, like that's part of it. It's, it's a, you have to motivate, you've got to rally. Yeah. You've got to be the leader out there in the huddle, whether you have a C on your chest or not, not just the C for Celsius, but the C for captain. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I was really impressed with Kyle Trask, and 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 listen, he got a lot of help today. I mean, we saw yeah um, that the receivers just kind of go nuts today, and and it wasn't that that the defensive backs played poorly. No, a lot of DBs had a great day. Carlton Davis. Carlton included. Davis was fantastic. He had three pass breakups today, including one on Chris Godwin, one on Mike Evans. So he was you know doing his job against the Bucks' big guns. But uh, another receiver that kind of stepped up, and we'll continue to talk about Godwin and Evans, but we would be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, David Moore. Yes. Now, n- not former Bucks tight end Dave Moore. This is David Moore, former Seattle Seahawks wide receiver and Chicago Bears receiver. He's got a history in this offense, Matt, and I think he's kind of one of those dark horse guys that could be hanging around for that wide receiver five, wide receiver six job. He knows this this offense I saw him talk to Dave Canales a couple times, you know, yeah. probably like, you know, re- recalling things from Seattle. The picture doesn't do it much justice because I had to crop it to fit, but he is skying up for the ball. He's six foot, 220 pounds. Imagine Chris Godwin, but about an inch shorter and about 10 to 12 pounds heavier. That's David Moore. He's, he's kind of a thick dude, almost has a running back build, but caught touchdown passes from both Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask today. Yeah. And was really just kind of stepping up, you know. And so we talked about Trey Palmer in the offseason. We've talked about Rakeem Jarrett. And we got to throw this guy in the mix in terms of a receiver that's kind of gaining some momentum. We absolutely do. I asked Todd Bowles after practice about David Moore. And the, the immediate thing he turned to is the experience that he has coming from uh, an offense that's very similar to what Dave Canales is running, obviously, here with the Buccaneers. But then Bowles expanded upon the fact that David Moore is helping out so many of these young undrafted free agents or a late round draft pick such as Trey Palmer. And it's great to see knowing that David Moore is also competing with these guys for a roster spot as well. So I think Moore, even going back to OTAs and minicamp and now with training camp, showing his value in more than just what he can do as a player and what he's able to do as a wide receiver has been really, really good for the Buccaneers. Two touchdowns today. One of them, I believe was in, in red zone work as well. They both might've, and you just see him finding the pocket in the defense or running the route 
the perfect way. Perfectly because, you know, blocked out Jamel Dean on a slant yeah. from Kyle Trask. And I mean, it was a rifle pass from Trask right on yes. the money. And, and, and as we're learning with this offense, it's like, yes, there's a lot of eye candy and yes, there's a lot of movements, but the routes and things themselves are not like out of this world crazy. Yeah. They're pretty like simple to a degree yeah. after all the motions and stuff like that. So if you have good fundamentals mm -hmm. on this Buccaneers offense, specifically as a wide receiver, I'm not going to say it's a layup because that's yeah. unfair to the defense, but you're already putting yourself halfway to the finish line sure. just by something very simple that anyone can really accomplish as an NFL you're right. player. With bigger bodied receivers, six foot five, 225 pound Mike Evans, six foot, 220 pound David Moore, six foot one, 205, 210 pound Chris Godwin. These are guys that can use their physicality, use their size, you know, box out the defensive back, kind of put them in the trail position, especially on slant passes, especially around the goal line. And, you know, for, for all of the, uh, the good things that the Bruce Arians offense had, the vertical routes and all of that, I, I, we didn't see enough screen – and not screen, sorry, we saw too many screens. Properly slant passes. designed screens. Yes, we didn't see enough slant passes, in my opinion. A lot of, uh, of, of the, you know, the shorter stuff was, was comebacks and curls. Yes. And, and what that, that did was that allowed receivers to catch the ball um, with their – you know, you know, kind of like shielding the defender, right? So they're kind of safe passes. But yeah. the problem with comebacks and curls is it doesn't allow for yards after catch because you're catching right. the ball with the back with your back to the end zone. You have to turn around to make a play with these slants, whether it's by the goal line for a touchdown or as we saw, Cade Warner caught a, a really nice slant today from Kyle Trask, yeah. who really was was throwing heaters today on those slants, mm -hmm. or Mike Evans, or Chris Godwin, or David Moore. Uh, the slant is is a big time weapon in this offense, and if you get the ball to one of these bigger guys, they can shake a tackle and get yards after the catch, or throw it to a guy like Devin Tompkins, and he's just gone, man. It's it's the, instant yards after catch. The Bucks are straight up mocking Michael Thomas by how well they uh, they are able to run the slant, and Mike Evans, half the receptions he's made in training camp so yeah. far have been on the slant, but yeah. not just like four yard receptions. It's a slant over the middle caught, and then it's either a touchdown or it's 15 yards, 25 yards, whatever it may be. And yeah. yes, it's so simple. Oh, you're just running a slant. What's the big deal? Well, when you're lining up as a corner against Mike, and sure, a lot, half of them, more than half, have been third, fourth string cornerbacks against Mike Evans. But right. you know Mike has that ability to go deep, and he can beat you deep. So you have to respect what he can do that's further right. down the field that he gets a little bit of cushion and running that slant and it's a ball game. And it's, yeah. I get it. The slant, it's not the most exciting route uh, of all time, but you know, what's exciting converting first downs, scoring in the red zone and putting points up on the board, which the bucks were not doing yesterday. So I don't care yeah. how simplified it gets when you're scoring 30 points or Mike Evans is getting double digit touchdowns again, yeah. like he has in the prior two seasons before last year. That's going to be more exciting than anything else. No, you're exactly right. Um, we have a super chat here, and we always want to give uh, a preference to our or yes. reference reverence to our super chat uh, participants. And we have one here about Kalaja Kansi uh, from Buck's Basement. Kansi going down is a massive problem for the pass rush, especially with how bad the pass rush was last year. Uh, that's true, right? I mean, uh, they, they don't want Kalaja Kansi to go down and get hurt, but. It happened. 
I think the, the the byproduct of this, if you're looking for a silver lining, is more reps for Logan Hall. And That's what I mean, exactly what I was thinking. Sorry. Yeah, what I mean by that is is in the 3-4 defense, you've got Vita Vey in the middle. you got Logan Hall on one side, Kalaja Kansi in the other. That's your three-man front. And then, of course, you've got uh, JTS and Shaq Barrett at the outside line, linebacker positions. However, when they're in nickel, Todd Bowles will go with the four-man front. That's two defensive tackles and then those two outside linebackers. And we've seen Kalaja Kansi be that guy next to Vita Vea. So now you work the depth chart, and now Logan Hall is going to be getting those nickel rush opportunities. And Matt, more reps for this second-year player is only going to help him and accelerate his learning curve. You don't want to see this come at a, at a fellow player's expense, especially a guy that is so special like Kalaja Kansi. Yeah. But – Logan Hall getting more reps is not a bad thing either. No, it's not. I hate that it was – I mean, I would hate for any player to get injured, yeah. but it really, really, really hurts that it's Kalaja Kansi, one, because he was their first-round pick, yeah. a lot of excitement behind him. But two, even without pads on, Kalaja was proven that he's going <sighs> to be an issue yes. uh, for opponents trying to block him and the Bucks' defensive line. And I do agree – it does concern me with Kalijah Kansi out for a little while, how this impacts the rest of the rotation with the Bucks mm -hmm. defensive line. Now it makes it that much better that they signed Will Golston the day yeah. before training camp began, because now you have a little more depth there. Yeah. But Logan Hall, we've said nothing but great things about him in terms of the, the, the muscle and the weight that he's put on to get yeah. bigger as, as a defensive lineman. We've heard coaches talk about that. All yeah. he really needed was just more repetitions. Now he's going to get those reps mm -hmm in training camp. And I don't think we've seen a really a ton from him just yet, but they're also not in full pads. And right. so the, the, the trenches in general have been watered down to a degree. Hopefully Kalasha Kansi can get back in time where they can really find the perfect window of Logan Hall gets more reps than he would have with Kalasha Kansi around and Kalasha yep. Kansi still gets enough playing time, whether it's the last preseason game or, and extended, um, you know, extended reps in training camp that he'll be good to go by the first game of the season. Because I don't want the Bucks to just throw him in there. We go yeah. on, hey, welcome back. Now just go right into the NFL. Yeah, exactly. Uh, again, we always give uh, preferential treatment to our to our super chats. We Thank have another you, one. LDBC is most wanted. Uh, Saludos PR. Do you think Jason Light is the their best GM in Bucks history? Potential Ring of Honor. That's an interesting question about the Ring of Honor. Yeah. I do think he is the Bucks general, the best general manager in Bucks history. Uh, over Rich McKay, both of those GMs have Super Bowl rings on their resume. Right, two thousand two for Rich McKay, who really helped kind of build the Buccaneers from um, you know from from nothing into something. Uh, but I will say this: uh, well, he he certainly had some some great moments as a general manager he got a lot of help in the personnel side of things from the standpoint of jerry angelo who was the pro personnel guy and and then you had uh, uh tim ruskell who was the director of college scouting both of those guys on the pro and college side really helped from a personnel standpoint and and also too uh, sam weish had just as much to do with the bucks drafting of Derek brooks and mm -hmm. And Warren Sapp in 1995, as McKay did. He was very involved in the draft, Weish was. And personnel was not exactly what Rich McKay was known for. Rich McKay was, was mostly a politician who did a good job of facilitating and managing 
But in terms of being a, a salary cap guy, that was more of John Idzik's role. That's Brad Idzik's dad. So John Idzik was kind of like the Mike Greenberg of the Bucks back then. And then with, with McKay, where he really helped was keeping the Bucks in Tampa with the push politically for the, the penny sales tax to help build the stadium the stadium that got finished in 1998 that we know now know as Raymond James Stadium. So he helped serve a lot of, of, uh, of purpose for this franchise. I'm not trying to diminish Rich McKay, but when you look at Jason Light, he literally built a Super Bowl team, and he'll be the first to say uh, with the help of his staff, but the buck stops with Jason Light. He is very, very involved in personnel, right? Mike Evans was his first draft pick in 2014, yeah. Um, he was hired in, uh, initially by Lovey Smith, and then he fired Lovey Smith two years later because that was the right move. He ended up bringing Bruce Arians. He was the only person that could have lured Bruce Arians out of retirement. He did so. They won a championship. He helped lure Tom Brady with his connections with Tom Brady and, and the trade for Gronk. Um, right. And, and we're kind of just like doing the Cliff Notes version of, of what Jason Light's done for this franchise. But yes. I think Jason Light has done more than any other GM, has had more success than any other GM, and has played a, a greater role in personnel than any other GM in terms of drafting pro bowlers, signing pro bowlers, trading for pro bowlers, et cetera. And I, I think that he is definitely number one all by himself, and I would say Rich McKay number two. Yeah, I think the Ring of Honor, there's no question about it. I mean, they, yep. they just put Bruce Arians in. Obviously, Jason Light played a huge part in, in bringing Tom Brady here yep. and Rob Gronkowski, as you just said. Um, drafting the greatest offensive player in team history, I think, goes a long way. And I think the greatest or most underrated free agent signing of all time with Shaq Barrett, yeah. you know, getting him and bringing him to Tampa and the 19 and a half sacks first year. And then obviously a huge part of winning that Super Bowl the next season in 2020. Yeah. You look at the people that he's drafted, you mentioned and re-signing the people that he's drafted as well. Right. Currently right now with, uh, you know, with Jamel Dean and then Carlton Davis the year before, yeah. I think it's a no question Bucks ring of honor. And yeah, yeah as far as best GM, I haven't been covering the team as long, but yeah. you look at a, a lot of the, a lot of the players and it's, it's really tough to argue against it. Yeah, and yeah, Darius Miller brings up a good point here. To be fair, Light has Greenberg and Spytek. Well, credit to, to Jason Light for keeping Mike Greenberg, who was actually hired by Mark Dominic, and uh, yeah. he's one of the lone holdovers from from the Dominic regime just because he saw the brilliance from a salary cap standpoint of Greenberg, who is the best salary cap manager in team history. That's that's a, a given for sure. Yeah. And then he's also promoted both Spytek, who he brought over from – Denver. I mean, that's that's a John or a Jason Light hire bringing John Spytek over yeah. from Denver to replace John Robinson, who got a job as Tennessee's general manager. So uh, I think you're going to see sooner rather than later John Spytek become a general manager for another team. Um, and, and I think Greenberg is happy and content being assistant GM now as uh, as one of the right hand men of Jason Light. So. Yeah, I mean, it's not just a one-man show in the Bucks front office. Correct. Jason Light has a lot of help, but that all of that help is is his doing too. These were his hires, his guys, and they're, I, I think, Matt, they're on the verge of having an absolutely fantastic draft class. And we saw one of those guys today just do it again. And it wasn't Kalaja Kansi because he got carted off early. It was this guy right 
every single day he continues to impress. Every single phase of the offseason continues to impress. From when he got drafted, I, he was one of my favorite picks. Out of, out Cervasier of the Dennis. Yep. Yeah, Cervasier Dennis, for those that uh, were not aware. Um, then you go to OTAs, Bucks rookie minicamp, excuse me, didn't even get to OTAs yet, yep. and he's making an interception. Uh, OTAs and, and minicamp playing extremely well, has an interception on Friday's practice, and then bam, comes right back with another interception, Cervasier Dennis on Baker Mayfield in a red zone situation, which, by yep. the way, in a real game, he would have never got that interception because right. Ryan Neal blitzed on the play <laughs> yes. and would have sacked uh, Baker Mayfield. But Sarasier Dennis is the benefit because of it. He was known as a blitz blitzer at the yep. University of Pittsburgh. And it's seven sacks last year, Matt. Seven, seven. sacks. And you know what? But as we're learning, <laughs> He's a linebacker. that's not all he can do. He right. can drop back in coverage as well. And more than anything else, he can anticipate a play. You know, yep. Sometimes they were close throws in a tight window, mm -hmm. but it's not like the quarterback has been making ridiculous, egregious plays where it's like, why did you throw that? No, yeah. they're trying to get something done. And Cervasier Dennis is saying, no, 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 you're not throwing it anywhere in my radius because I'm picking it off and I'm taking it the other way for a pick six. Scott, he has been the best inside linebacker. Yeah. During training camp, it's very early. Levante yep. Davids made some plays. Uh, right. He had a sack today on a blitz. Yep. But Sarasa Dennis has been better than Devin White. Yes. He's been better than KJ Britt. Yep. And he is a guy that sooner rather than later is going to be a future starter at inside linebacker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It won't happen this yep. year. But, I mean, next season, with all that's up in the air, an inside yeah. linebacker. He's going to get one of the spots. Dennis is an absolute gem of a draft pick. Yeah, and he's going to go from being a starter, and then we're just going to chop off the T-E-R at the end. And he's going to go from being a starter to yes. a star. This guy, as as uh, uh, I had one of uh, our Bucks sources tell us today, is legit, legit, legit. <laughs> he's... He's he is uh, he's as good as as we're saying he is, um, and, and this is the opinion of the team, not just us watching him. But he stands out like we're sore thumb. I mean, he will get in there and blitz. He drops in coverage. And you know what he does uh, exceptionally well? He does not drop the ball every time he touches no, the he ball. It's an interception. He's not just like knocking the ball down PBU. He's getting pick sixes and, and, and interceptions. And just has a, a tremendous football IQ. I remember when I when I interviewed him at the combine to see if if he had interviewed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The two guys that really stood out to me, just from a cerebral standpoint, just having a conversation with them, were uh, Cam Jones from Indiana and Servasier Dennis from Pitt. These guys just seemed like yeah. Todd Bowles guys, and Todd Bowles is one of the smartest, most cerebral football IQ coaches you're going to meet. He kind of demands that from his his players. And that's Cervasier Dennis to a T. But it's not just brains. It's brawn, too. This guy's making some plays out there on the field and getting it done. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens this year in terms of Devin White and how he plays and Levante David. And if, if this is going to be the year where Father Time finally overtakes him or if he can, you know, uh, beat the – the, the ghoul off one more year and and still make impact plays at age 33. But yeah, Matt, I agree. Servasia Dennis will be a starter next year for this team. 
at one of those spots, either the inside linebacker or the weak side linebacker in the Bucks nickel package. And once the Pats come on, I mean, we haven't even really seen Savasse Dennis blitz that much. Like we've seen Ryan Neal, Levante has Savasse known to do that, and we haven't seen it too too much. But as he said, as uh, as the Bucks brass have been saying, he's legit, legit, legit. Another thing you can describe as that is Celsius Energy Drinks. Of course, the official energy drink of PeterReport.com. You want to talk about legit, the cosmic vibe, the sparkling fruit punch, their newest flavor is one of the best around that you can possibly have. A ton of great flavors as well. Uh, sparkling lemon lime, sparkling orange, Arctic vibe. I believe you had that today, Scott. I did. I was so drinking the, uh, the sparkling cucumber lime. So a vast, vast amount of uh, flavors that you can get with Celsius. No uh, sugar, no post-energy drink uh, crash or, or jitters that you might get with another product out there. So go to the Celsius store locator on their website, punch in your address, and it'll tell you the closest location to pick up a Celsius energy drink, whether that's at your local Walmart, Target, convenience store, or your bodega. Bodega. And then once you know you love Celsius and you want more, get it in bulk with the subscribe and save on Amazon, I'd recommend getting the variety pack. Cause as we've mentioned so many awesome different flavors and varieties, of the spice of life, you can have it set up when you purchase that Celsius to have it sent to your residence every week, monthly, quarterly, yearly, whenever you want, just make Celsius your number one pick Celsius, the official energy drink of PeterReport.com. Yeah, the the cosmic vibe is is just it's brand spanking new. Uh, we we've got I think maybe maybe a head start on some of of the the consumers out there, Matt. When yeah. Celsius shipped <laughs> us some of that right before training camp, it's a great flavor. It's it's like a, a cherry fruit punch type flavor. Um, the, these guys, I don't know what type of scientists they get to come up with these concoctions, but they nail the flavors, man. Their their fruit flavors are spot on. And uh, you had, as you mentioned today, the, the cucumber lime, which is really underrated. It's a fantastic Very afternoon underrated. flavor. Very yeah. underrated. Crisp, refreshing, perfect for summer when, a, when it's as hot as it was out there yeah. today. Today was ridiculous. But uh, we're going to see the Buccaneers in pads tomorrow. So just a little uh, reminder uh, of our schedule here. We're 4 o'clock now from now on, unless there is some kind of change in, in the plans. If we have a special guest who needs a, an evening uh, slot. We're four o'clock. So tomorrow we'll have a, a practice at, at, uh, in the morning, and then we're going to have a podcast at four o'clock. We'll of course do roll call at four twenty. Not today, folks. Sorry. Don't don't tell nope, us today. It's Sunday. Tune in tomorrow. Yeah, Monday, four o'clock at, at sorry four twenty on Mondays for roll call, and then the Buccaneers have a practice on Tuesday. It's a night practice, so that's from seven to nine, and we're we're not going to do a podcast tomorrow because we want to cover tomorrow's practice. I'm sorry, Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes. Tuesday. No, no uh, podcast on Tuesday, but we will have a recap practice on Wednesday, which is the player's day off. But we're going to recap the Tuesday night practice for you on Wednesday. So tomorrow, four o'clock, no podcast on Tuesday, Wednesday, four o'clock. And then what? Same Thurs as Thursday, Friday yep. as well. Thursday, Thursday Friday, Friday. Yep. Uh, four o'clock. We'll recap those training camp practices yep. as well. So really all you need to know is tomorrow, four o'clock, nothing Tuesday, Wednesday, yep. Thursday, Friday, all at four o'clock. Boom. There we go. There we go. Scott, we haven't even really talked about Chris Godwin that much. Oh, We've man. talked a lot about Mike Evans. 
But Chris Godwin had the play of the day. Like he a really legit jaw dropping moment. I hope the Bucks put the catch that Chris Godwin made on yeah. social media because we were literally right by it. And you see my jaw drop. I hope the Bucks capture <laughs> my jaw dropping on this play. It was a deep ball about 40 plus yards down the field, a deep ball from Baker Mayfield, which. This one was actually caught. If right. I'm going to knock the quarterbacks, both Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask, the deep ball has not really been on point just That's right. yet, at yep. least with receivers and defensive backs uh, in the area. Kate Otten, when he's wide open down the seams, I expect you to hit that. Yep. Um, but Baker throws the ball up about 40 yards down the field. It's Chris Godwin, um, another defender in there. The name is escaping my mind at the moment. Keenan, but, Keenan Isaac. Yeah, Keenan Isaac was in play, there. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, there was a safety in there as well. And Chris Godwin kind of mossed him a little bit. He, he mossed Keenan Isaac a bit. Yeah. Just leapt, leaped up in the air. Yeah. I don't know if it's leaped or left, but jumped up into the air, soaring, comes down with it, lands on his feet. The crowd goes absolutely insane. Baker Mayfield went nuts. Baker Mayfield went nuts. <laughs> Uh, wide receivers coach Brad Isaac ran yes. all the way down, jumped in the air, and chest bumped Chris Godwin. He was probably the most hyped God, most hyped man, woman, or child in the yeah. area uh, when that moment happened. An absolutely unreal play by Chris Godwin. And again, I really, really hope the Bucks uh, social media team puts that one out because that was a fantastic play by Chris Godwin, who also scored a touchdown um, in practice and. If there were any doubts about Chris Godwin with what yeah. went on last season, they are gone, completely erased. Right. He is loving this new season, this new offense, not having to rehab his knee. He is all systems go, yep. and it's going to be a huge – I don't even want to say bounce back season because he right. had receptions last year, but Chris Godwin is going to ball out this year. Yeah, no doubt. And, and uh, Matt, with – with some of these leaping catches has, has done for Chris Godwin. And we saw the one today we saw when he skied up into the, the end zone, right. And made that catch above his yeah. head the other day is it just shows you the explosions back. It, ex yes. it shows you that that knee is, is just about a hundred percent. If it's not a hundred percent, it's like 99. And, and, and that, that's great to see. We're seeing the fastest version of Chris. We're seeing the most explosive version of Chris. And I'm telling you, with the amount of balls that Mike Evans is catching in practice, I mean, you know, Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trash, they're not dumb. <laughs> they throw to Mike. Yeah. And Mike's getting open. And Mike is killing it with sideline catches, with uh, you know, with with a couple of, of go routes, with slants. Fades. Uh, fades, yeah. End zone fades. Uh, we saw one today where he mossed Chris Izian. Not hard to do. Izian's like 5'8", yeah. Mike's 6'5". <laughs> but John Wolford, as you mentioned, just to kind of point that out uh john wilford the third string quarterback threw back-to-back -to -back touchdown passes to yeah. chris godwin and mike evans the one to godwin was was right in front of the pylon it kind of made a diving catch uh the refs were out there there's a little bit of a question to get both feet mike in turn to the ref <laughs> yeah yeah the, the refs said yes you're in uh so godwin scores then in the next play john wilford throws the fade to mike over yeah. chris Izian. boom got the touchdown and, you know, Matt, it's the little things that we're starting to really see from Dave Canales and how this guy just gets it, right? Baker Mayfield uh, has to develop a rapport with, with both Chris and Mike. Yeah. Kyle Trask has to develop the chemistry and the timing with both Chris and Mike.
They're both in the running for the starting job, of course. John Wolford is not in the running. He is going to be on the practice squad this year as QB3. But as the 49ers have shown, you are two plays away from your third-string quarterback being in the starting lineup. And kudos to Dave Canales and Todd Bowles for for sticking Chris and Mike in there with the third-string offensive line and the third-string quarterback going against the third-string defense and saying, John, throw some touchdown passes to these guys. Let these guys work on uh, Pitts and Izian and these rookies, right? Let them see star-wide receivers to use kind of as a measuring stick for their development so far. But, but for Wolford, to get some experience throwing to these guys, because what have we been saying all along about Kyle Trask? He was never given the opportunity to throw to these guys in practice. And at least now, Wolford has a little bit of of rapport with these guys, and they've made plays. They're developing some chemistry together. Hopefully, you never see Wolford having to throw to these guys. But if in the event that either Baker or Trask get hurt or falter or whatever, and you have to turn to Wolford, at least you can draw from some of these experiences here. And it's just another way Dave Canales, Todd Bowles are getting this team prepared for the season. I think the Bucks have a lot of many, many intelligent players on this team. John Wolford might be the smartest guy because yeah. if you want to have longevity as a third string quarterback that's trying to make the team every single season that you're in the NFL – when you get the opportunity to work with the ones, or in this case, Pro Bowl, all pro wide receivers, yeah, you better damn well make sure you get them the football. So what <laughs> yes. is John Wolford doing? When he's in there, he's throwing it to Mike Evans. He's right. throwing it to Chris Godwin because this is his time to shine yeah. in training camp. If he wants to make a right. team or you know another team is watching and he gets picked up there, mm-hmm. it's not the most difficult of concepts. Yeah. Throw so what you're saying, Matt, is – to star he's, players. He's not throwing the check down to Chase Edmonds, nor is he looking no. for Co-Keefe. He's going to Chris and to Mike, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's smart stuff. There's no doubt about it. Uh, also, we should note David Wells uh, continues to shine. Caught a couple passes today, including a touchdown. This is a guy that really is kind of putting the lockdown on this this number two tight end position he's- ahead of, of Payne Durham and Co-Keefe. He is taking it by storm. And not only did he have a touchdown today, receiving touchdown, Levante David was guarding him. Right, Levante yeah. David was yep. guarding him on that play. It is really going to come down to if David Wells can show that he can block even just a little bit, yep. he's going to carve out a really nice role for this team. Because there were so many other, like Cody McElroy comes to mind, former yep. Bucks tight ends. and Tanner Hudson. Tanner Hudson as well, yep. where Bruce Arians – who's obviously not the coach anymore, but he'd be like, yeah, oh, it's great. They can be a receiver, but he's got to block. If you're a tight end, you have to block. And then they never really put it together as a blocker. And that's why, you know, they weren't on the team, obviously, because he had Gronk and Cam Brate there and a little bit of a different situation now with, with Kate Odden as the starter, but only in his second year. If David Wells can block, he's going to make this team and have an important role on this team. It's going to be great for uh, prop bets as well. David Wells to score a touchdown. Um, But I mean, it's really impressive what he's doing. Like what else can you really say? He's getting open. He's making different catches. He's scoring touchdowns. He's doing it left and right. And I get that it's in shorts and t-shirts, but someone has to do it in shorts and t-shirts. Why, why not get a head start, David Wells? So 
a huge amount of credit to him for what he's been doing because it's been every single day. It wasn't just like yeah. he he popped off one practice. Hey, good for you. Tip of the cap. No, no. Right. He's been doing it since the first day yeah. of training camp. And he's had a long road too. This is he's a yeah. six year guy. Uh, believe it or not, only three years counts because he's been on the practice squad for three for half of his NFL career yeah. at different stops. But he's 28 years old. He's the oldest tight end in the Wild. room. But <laughs> Yet Kate Odden has more production than he does just from his rookie season alone. Yeah. Um, Wayne here brings up something we haven't even talked about yet. I mean, it was yeah. a great day for the wide receivers because Mike Evans and Chris Godwin dominated, and so did David Moore. It seems like the veterans were having a better day than the rookies. Yeah. And Russell Gage comes back today. We hey. saw Russell Gage out there in individuals now. He was held out of the team part of practice, the 11 on 11s with that hamstring. I had a chance to talk to Russ after practice today. And in fact, he said, yes, it was that same nagging wide, uh, same nagging uh, injury, the left hamstring mm -hmm. that bothered him last year. So he's hoping that that this is behind him. He feels like the team is being extra cautious with him in terms of not letting him go the first week of camp. But he says, hey, better safe than sorry. Uh, when I when I come back, which is right now, I want to stay back and I want to play all 17 games. And, and when I talked to him, you know, Matt, what you and I have kind of, you know, surmised or, or kind of opined about with Russell Gage is he's not the biggest receiver, but he's not small. He's right. not the fastest receiver, but he's not slow. But where, you know, his his strength is, his his superpower, if you will, is was his quickness, the yeah. elite ability for him to cut in and out of breaks. And I think that's why in this offense we've seen so many slants, right? and so many quick game type of things. And that's why Dave Canales was so impressed with, with what Russell Gage showed on film uh, when he was healthy was the ability to separate and, and use yeah. that, that quickness. But he said, yeah, man, it's like when, when you blow your hamstring, it's like that quickness is gone. And he says, mm -hmm. he didn't say the word ordinary, but I think what he was trying to say was last year, I was kind of ordinary because my hamstring wasn't firing. And that's that muscle is what gives you that explosion, that quick twitch to to get in and out of breaks and make your cuts. Yeah, this offense seems tailor made for Russell Gage. And I think that's why we've heard Dave Canales go out of his way to talk about Russell Gage. Brad yeah. Isaac, when he was on this podcast, spoke a lot about how they can do great things with, with Russell Gage when he's right. fully healthy and out there. And, you know, a lot of the touchdowns that Russell Gage scored last year were leaping yeah. acrobatic type of plays that he brought down. That's half the touchdowns we've seen in training camp. So far That's right. is Mike Evans leaping up and getting after it. The Chris Godwin touchdown, as we talked about Kate Otten kind of had that today on right. his touchdown with Kyle Trask. This is an offense that rewards athleticism, probably more than most kinds of offenses or types of offenses out there. So if Russell yeah. Gage can get all of his speed back, he, you know, he has the track speed. He did it at LSU. He, right. um, you know, he's known for being quick more than anything else, really. And I think you just got to put last year in the rearview mirror. And yeah. I like I, I've been concerned about Russell Gage. I still am. But at least he was out there today. Yeah. Let's see I, what he can do now that yeah. he's healthy. Right. I mean, we, we we're so quick to write him off and say, well, he's going to slide down the depth chart. At, at the same time, to be fair, Trey Palmer has had some drops. He is not. Yeah. He has not turned it on like he did in the OTAs. Rakeem exactly. Jarrett has had some plays. 
I don't know that he has been super consistent either. Devin Tompkins has had flashes. I don't know that he's put it all together either. The guy we talked about that's kind of coming up is David Moore. Now, again, long way to go. This is like the first four practices. Exactly. Yeah. Three more weeks of training camp. We have three preseason games. You're going to see some of these players rise and fall. Like we haven't seen anything really from Payne Durham yet. Sometimes it just takes rookies a week or two into yeah. camp or maybe a preseason game or two. Or sometimes it's even into the, the, the first part There's, of the regular season. You know, Scott, exactly. Up. There's going to be a couple players we've already talked about this show or previous shows that do nothing in the right. first preseason game. And there's going to be guys that we haven't even mentioned yet that are going to excel in the yep. first preseason game. That's just how it works, uh, yep. you know, at this part of the season. You're right, folks. If you want to excel in, uh, in in finding a new home or maybe selling your home and getting the most money possible for that or looking for a great deal on a house, well, folks, look no further than Eric Gross and the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Pewter Report. It takes a full team effort to win a football game. And it takes a full team effort to win in real estate. The Eric Gross Group has done hundreds of transactions in this crazy real estate market. And they had the experience in all types of situations. Eric is an avid Pewter Report reader and a Tampa native whose father was stationed at the McDill Air Force Base. So he's got roots here in this area. He and his team have the market knowledge, top-notch communication, and commitment to excellent service that sets them apart. With their strong team of vendors and a network of over 85,000 agents, the Eric Gross Group will turn your dream of buying or selling a home into a reality. Their clients are not just transactions. They develop lifelong friendships with these people. Don't let the stress of buying or selling a home keep you out of the game. Let the Eric Gross Group take the pressure off. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Eric Gross Group. Check out their website, housesinfla.com, or give them a call at 513-907-4271. That's housesinfla.com. Go check out the website. It has got a, a tremendous layout, easy to navigate, and you can check out all of their the properties and their listings right now. No matter where you are in your homeownership journey, whether you're moving to Florida or from Florida, you'll feel welcome with the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Pewter Report. Again, visit housesinfla.com. We're going to have Eric on the, the, the podcast soon. We'll have him at, at, at a training camp practice and get his thoughts on the team and, and introduce himself to the Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers here on the Pewter Report podcast. Yeah, that'll be great. Looking forward to that. We got another super chat. Uh, this thank one, you so much. Yeah, thank you, Buck with your girl. Thank you for the four ninety nine super chat. They say, have you guys seen the defense communicate effectively? Yes. Have you seen the quarterbacks identify defense at the line of scrimmage and or audible well answer the first part of the question yes absolutely that's something that todd Bowles spoke about today in his press conference it's something that antoine winfield jr mentioned in terms of um his goals for this year is just to be just to communicate even more than he already has and yeah. that man on the screen right now in that photo yeah. ryan neal has been the engine that is the communication locomotive he has been directing traffic left yes. and right, putting guys in position, just chatting, making sure everyone's on the same page. And I think that's why I know the title is about the wide receivers, but I think that's why we've seen a lot of pass breakups over the yeah. last two days with this defense, whether it's Zion McCollum, who's been fantastic the last two days, Carlton Davis with three as well. Ryan Neal is a jack of all trades and communication is definitely one of those things that he brings to the table. 
no doubt. Uh, Bucket with you, girl, pewter people. This guy is the real deal in terms of a communicator, right? I mean, <laughs> we've seen him do a ton of blitzing so far. I've yeah. said it before in the Pewter Report podcast. I'll say it again. This guy's going to lead the DBs in sacks this year. I'm going to say at least four, Ooh. maybe five. Um, Antoine Winfield Jr. had four last year. He is great at getting to the quarterback. So is Ryan Neal. I think this guy's in for a big year in terms of a slot blitzer as well. But uh, to answer this question here, uh, I noticed there was a play where where the the running back, I think it was Keyshawn Vaughn, was split out wide. The Bucks went empty. And uh, before Devin White could even recognize it, <laughs> Ryan Neal was, was pointing over towards Keyshawn Vaughn and directing traffic. And I'm not saying that Devin White didn't know what was happening or that he was lax in his duties or whatever. It's just that Ryan Neal noticed it so quickly, he just pointed and and directed Devin White, yeah. who's you know, <laughs> getting the plays, and he knows this defense better than Ryan Neal does. But beat him to the punch in terms of, hey, Devin, like you got the, the, the back out here. And we you hear him. He's vocal. He's really kind of picking up this, this defense. Not to say that it's not going to be a bust of coverage uh, or something. This is his first year. He's still getting his feet wet in the scheme. But there are some similarities to a degree. In types of, of coverage and the things that, that the Bucks do that Seattle does as well defensively. So it's not brand spanking new. There, there is a little bit of carryover. But, yeah, I, I mean, this safety duo between Winfield and Neal, I think is going to be really, really exciting. Yeah, the, uh, that's another thing that, again, uh, I'm not trying to repeat everything from the press conference. But Todd Bowles was like, yeah, the communication between Antoine Winfield Jr. and Ryan Neal is at a great level already and it's only going to get better as training camp and the season progresses so you absolutely love seeing that and the way that the nfl is today you kind of build towards i mean you built towards the outside at first with like your edge rushers on defense but then it's about the inside linebackers and your safety room and it wouldn't be fair to put the bucks at the top of like the best safety tandem in the league but right you know, by week 18 of the regular season, I don't think it would surprise anybody if they're both in that conversation. I mean, Antoine Winfield Jr. going back to free safety, Ryan Neal with a lot to prove to be a full-time starter that right. he should have been this a long time ago and just always having that chip on his shoulder because he is an yeah. undrafted free agent. There is a lot to be excited about when it comes to this safety group for both of them. I agree. And Matt, there's a lot to be excited about with uh, with our fantasy football sponsor. And that, of course, is Underdog Fantasy. Matt, that, Underdog Fantasy is back this year. Yes, it is. It's so excited. Uh, use the promo code Pewter if you want to get involved in playing Best Ball Mania, where they have $15 million in prizes and $3 million to uh, the first place winner. The cool thing is there's no... Uh, trades or free agent pickups or anything like that. You just set it and forget it. You set up your lineup. Uh, Pewter Report's going to be involved as well. You can play whenever. Obviously, Best Ball Mania comes up uh, sooner when the season gets here. But as we said, $15 million in total prizes, $3 million to uh, the first place winner. There's so many different games going on head-to-head, over-under, pick them. So you know, if you want to do Best Ball Mania, fantastic. If you want to do uh, different games with your friends or a league with your friends, you can do that as well. Use that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, to sign up with Underdog Fantasy and get your team rolling today. 
Yeah, the great thing about underdog fantasy is is you get to to draft your lineup for best ball mania four, and you set it and forget it uh, because you pick multiple positions or players within the position, right? So you have like three quarterbacks, right? And 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 you're you're going to have the opportunity to 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 play that game all season. Then you can also play with the 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 head to head uh, over unders and 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 yeah, games like those that. Those are some. In, those are week some week of my basis. favorite. Yeah, those yeah. are some of my favorite because, you know, if you're a Bucks fan and you dislike the Saints, you can kind of spite bet right. and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, pick Michael Thomas to have under and have Mike Evans have more yards than, than yeah. Michael Thomas. So a ton of different games you could do. And while we love football, uh, it's not just limited to football. You have right. uh, baseball right now, obviously basketball and hockey when those seasons come about. It's college all year football. long with underdog fans. So yeah, college football yeah. too. Uh, bucket with you, girl, with another super chat. Thank, Thank you so you. much. We appreciate it. Uh, do you think the Bucks are going back, or, or going back to having practices at the stadium with the fans? I, I hope so. At some point in time, I think they're missing an opportunity to do that Tuesday night for the night practice. I'd like to yeah. see that at the stadium. It's going to be at the indoor training facility. Um, I do understand that it, it takes a lot to kind of staff that from, you know, a uh, parking lot perspective, security. Yeah concessions etc it's it's a lot it's 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 like like another game in in some respects but it's also yeah. another opportunity to sell concessions make some money you have free parking I, I get that but you can also sell a heck of a lot of merchandise at the team store and the kiosks around too so you can kind of profit off of that i think that alone yeah. would cover the expenses and that way you just you get more fans to see the team especially with Raymond James Stadium, uh, probably going to be sold out again this year because fans were roped into buying two years worth of season tickets yeah, last year because they had to see Tom Brady, right? So you had to buy for two years. So I, I, I like the idea of having an annual game at the stadium. Plus, Matt, what does that give you know your kickers an opportunity to do? Kick at the stadium, yeah. right? That's different <laughs> than, than Raymond James Stadium. And even get a feel for like, oh, at this certain time, the sun sets this way. And, you know, right. there are certain things that you can kind of take from practicing at the stadium. I remember, I want to say it was two years ago, the Bucks had a training camp practice in Raymond James Stadium. And yeah. it was awesome to be there. And I also think, so I know with the schedule, the Bucks pretty much have it mapped out, at least up until the joint uh, joint training camp practice with the Jets. And then after right. that, there might be an opportunity to have a practice yeah. at Raymond James Stadium um, the, the following week before their their last preseason game. And right. I hope they take advantage of it. I, I hope they're able to do a practice that fans can I, go out and watch and, and have a good time. I'm with you. I, I wonder if, and we've seen it. I mean, we live in Florida. We've been here for 28 years. August is not kind when it comes to thunderstorms, right? No. It was we, sunny. We saw it as we were leaving today. Yeah, sunny and hot today, right? We go inside. We work for a couple hours. All of a sudden, it looks like, you know, uh, Stranger Things, right? The sky is black and you've got <laughs> thunderstorms from hell and all of that. So I just wonder if, and we've seen it before, I think, with some of these preseason games, Matt, at, at home. Uh, sometimes you have those evening thunder showers. You don't want to have people, you know, have, you know, lightning strikes and all that stuff. And you have to go to the car. So, Maybe that's part of it is is yeah. uh, th th having that maybe in the past they've had some issues with with inclement weather and they don't want to deal with that in the indoor facility. Guess what? If it rains, it rains. It's all indoors and the fans can stay there and watch practice and you have no interruption in practice, et cetera. So maybe that's it. Yeah, could be. But a great question by Buck with you, girl. And again, we appreciate the yeah. um, 
the two super chats that you yeah. sent us. And we appreciate all the all of the, the pewter people we've been out there today. Nathan Elliott was one of them. Finally got to meet you, Nathan. That was was awesome. And uh, gosh, uh, Nehemiah was another one. I had about five or six other fans. Uh, you know, yeah. give Peter Report some love uh, from the stands. That's awesome. If you see us out there, and we're well represented, we usually have four or five, six people out of practice. The Peter Report gang. So if you see us, uh, give us a shout out of practice. We'd love to to uh, to meet you, shake your hand, say hello, etc. And uh, we love interacting with our fans, not just here we do. in the in the chat in the super chats, but we also love meeting you guys face to face as we, well. We, we want to have some fun as well. If you, uh, if you see us out in the wild at training camp, yeah. if you want to give us one of your best welcome, Peter, yeah, sorry, I even messed it up. Yeah. Welcome Peter report readers, viewers, and listeners. If you want to drop that, if you want to drop a bodega, yeah. you want to drop a face that runs the place, you know, some of, some of the, uh, some of the little bits that we got going on. We'll uh we'll tape it for you if you want to. We'll maybe even throw it up uh on on a podcast. So yeah. again, we love being interactive with the fans. We want to do it as much as we possibly can. So uh yeah, and, and if you see us, if you want us to videotape you and put it on the podcast, we absolutely will. Nathan, I was there. I'm 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 sad by myself that I didn't uh get to see you, but we will we'll make that happen over the yeah. next uh couple of practices for sure. No doubt. Uh, we had, had a great time out of camp today. Uh, we survived the heat. Uh, Buccaneer players did too. Uh, Kalaja Kansi, you know, unfortunately had the the calf injury. If you, if you missed the beginning of the show, we'll just go back and watch it because they're all on Peter Report TV, our YouTube channel. Uh, but just to let you know, uh, Kyle Trask, I thought, and I think Matt agrees, had his best practice ever as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. was was exceptional today. And uh, had a lot of help from his receivers. Chris Godwin. Uh, David Moore and that guy, Mike Evans, right there, man. Yeah, Kyle Trask throwing the ball around accurately, had some good zip on the ball, was decisive, whether it was running or throwing, had a lot more command of the offense, and again, using that 6'5 height to his advantage. So we've had a lot of Kyle Trask discussion, a lot of Baker discussion. Uh, we've written about it, we've talked about it. So make sure you follow us on all of our social media um, at Pewter Report on Twitter, now known as X. Um, Instagram, Facebook threads as well. And of course, please like, and subscribe and follow our YouTube channel, pewter report TV. We've had different reels out other videos and obviously the podcast four times and five times yeah. last week and this week and a lot more to come. We're going to have another one tomorrow at 4 PM after training camp in the morning, by the way, if you're up early in the morning, I will be co-hosting. That's right. Uh, the the Pat and Aaron show on 620 WDAE. Pat and Aaron will be live mm -hmm. from uh, the Buccaneers facility. Yep. So myself and WDAE's Seth Kushner, we are uh, co-hosting the yeah. show. Yeah. Very excited to get that going. FM 95.3. And I'll be on with Pat and Aaron um, tomorrow at some point in time, probably in the 8 o'clock hour. So you, yeah, get, so you, can, you get Matt yeah, and I. Tomorrow. Yeah, get me from uh, 6 to 8. And if you want to call in, talk on the phone. We'll obviously talk about the Buccaneers and – a lot of NFL storylines, and then here's Scott uh, at 8 o'clock after as well. So yeah. if you want a lot more Pewter Report, you'll see it uh, tomorrow morning. But that's going to do it for us for this show. For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. We love you, Pewter people, and we will yes. see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out. Bodega t-shirts coming soon.